Welcome in everyone to a wonderful new episode of Whisper in the Wings from Stage Whisper. We are joined today by a wonderful guest. We have the playwright and director Steve Cosson, who's part of the Civilians presentation of Artificial Flavors. It's playing now through November 19th at 59E59 Theaters, and you can get your tickets and more information by visiting 59E59.org. We had the immense pleasure of seeing this incredible show last week, and we are so happy that we now get to share this with you. It's an incredible experience, and it address- it's very timely. So let's go ahead and welcome on our guest, Steve. Welcome to Whisper in the Wings from Stage Whisper. Thanks so much for having me. Happy to be here. So excited to have you here. So excited to be talking about your show, Artificial Flavors, which was nothing like I thought it was going to be like. And it gave me a bit of comfort Mm -hmm. about where theater might be going in the future, but also gave me that like, oh God, kind of fear a little bit. And it's just so brilliant and unique. And I'm being Captain Vague over here. So why don't we have you tell our listeners a little bit about what Artificial Flavors is? I would say Artificial Flavors is, at at its heart, is a, is a, an investigation of artificial intelligence by me and the civilians and and I would specialize that or or, or, or specify that it's an investigation that was very much rooted in in play. It begins with with my journey into AI which is essentially just you know, screwing around with the various programs that became accessible to the public and then learning how to use them. And really like the, the show started kind of as like a Facebook post. Cause I would go, I would spend, you know, two hours on chat GPT until like, you know, for the hours of like 12 to two in the morning, you know, create these weird songs or scenes or whatever they were and post them. And for whatever reason, people really, liked them and I did that for a couple of months and then we we had a residency at WNYC last spring so we made a one night version of this show and the skeleton is basically the same so the first half is kind of a follow Steve's journey through the world of AI and I I create a bot that's like an alter ego of me and then actors play transcripts from between me and my bot, we're kind of experimenting with different programs to see which one could write a musical. And eventually we settle on ChatGPT. And then the, the second half of the show is the company and the music director performing a brand new musical that is being generated by ChatGPT. And they're getting the scenes and you know the book scenes and the lyrics and the stage directions, but all of the all of the music is invented, improvised on the spot by the cast and, and the MD. So it took us a while to figure out how to pull that off, but that's that's sort of the coup de théâtre of, of the show. And it is absolutely incredible. I could not believe that that was happening live in front of me. Well, you mentioned that you were just kind of messing around with with AI and chat GPT and you were posting these stories on your Facebook, which kind of was the origin of the show. 
What has it been like developing this piece and putting it up on stage? Well, it's definitely a show that I, I had to develop with actors in the room. You know, I, I did some work on the script in advance of rehearsal, but without without having the people to actually play with and to and to do it in real time, like to be to be putting in prompts to the ChatGPT program so that I'm always like a scene or two ahead of what's being performed and and then trying to like make some kind of a coherent story about that. And that's, I mean, essentially that is the goal of my music creations. I want it, like, I want it to be somehow coherent and as sort of weird and as entertaining as possible. And, and developing it in rehearsal, like it, it was, uh, yeah, I would say honestly, like a good, a good, two weeks of just generating a lot of a lot of crap stories that didn't go anywhere or stories that broke in the middle or, or, or they would just the chat gpt would just would just forget everything that it said in its setup so yeah most of the development has been has really been me, like me figuring out how to how to be the like chat gpt whisperer and get it and get it to go where we you know, more or less wanted to go. And the the company are also, you know, many of them are people I've been collaborating with for 20 years. So the, they're members of the civilians. Three of them were in our very first show in 2001. So it's very, it's very much like an at-home kind of feeling, which I love and I'm very grateful for. And yeah, and I think especially because of that, uh, it's, you know, it was a very collaborative room. It was like, what, what we were doing is just figuring out problems. Like how, how do we, how do we do this? How do we do that? And yeah, I think we worked very much as a group to both, to both figure out how to do it and also to like evaluate everything that we did. You know, there was a lot of like back and forth, like, let me try this. Oh, okay. Yeah, then it spits out this kind of scene. Let's read it. What worked in that scene? What didn't? How do we get make it better? It was like a yeah, very much of like a a, a great big three week long experiment. Wow, I I love that. That that is quite the development of a show. And uh, get what you have on the other end is incredible. Now we've kind of talked a lot about what the show is, what it's addressing. I'm curious to know, is there a message or a thought that you're hoping audiences will take away from artificial flavors? Mm, I'm not really much of a message person. I mean, there's certain things I want people to think about and I want to provoke them to think and they then they can think however they want to think. And for this one, I would say, you know, one, one probably the biggest thing that I actually want them to think about is the the value of live performance and live actors and live musicians like it like and they I think because we're making everything with these machines it it kind of draws attention to the to the ingenuity and the innovation and just the humanity of the people on stage you know which I think yeah. sometimes we we 
take for granted. I mean, not, probably not so much now because we're still in, in that like post-pandemic, like, oh, right. We know what it's like when everything goes away. And then when it's back, we really appreciate it. And then I think the second thing would be that I, I think I still want to, I want to have people thinking about like, oh, if we, like if, if this sort of worldview of chat GPT is, is going to be, you know, dominant in any significant way in the future. And, and if that worldview is informing, you know, it won't necessarily be plays that you go see like at the public theater or wherever, but it's going to be, you know, tons of copy, everything you read online. I think, I think we're going to be surprised at just how, how much it assimilates itself into our world. And I wanted people to think about like, yeah, what, what worldview are we inviting to, yeah, whatever, write our wedding invitations, write our press releases, write, you know, outline a story for us before you write the dialogue yourself or whatever, whatever it might be. Absolutely. I love that. My final question for this first part is, who do you hope have access to your show? You know, I mean, I, I ideally would like anyone who wants to see the show to have access to the show. So, you know, we have some discounted tickets and we've, and we've done, you know, a fair amount of, of comps to get you know, younger artists in, et cetera. I think I, I do want, I want the theater audience to be there because the show is very much about theater people, theater makers, and watching them work in this very kind of particular circumstance. And yeah, they've, I mean, the Upper East Side is is a curious place because I, I think I think even I would like people who maybe don't otherwise venture over to 59s, 59 to make the trip because i think i think there are audiences that are used to going to all parts of midtown and really we're just on like the east side of midtown and it's very easy to get to and it's a nice theater and it's also you know i think people that are really genuinely interested in ai and want to learn something about it i think that the show does offer something for them and i've i've you know just casually talked to a few audience members and like I met one woman who brought her 12 year old daughter because she was like, I think I need to expose her to other ideas about artificial intelligence and, and to help her think critically of it. And it did that for them. gears now for the second part of our interview and let our listeners get to know you a little bit better and i want to start with our perennial first question which is what or who inspires you what playwrights composers or shows have inspired you in the past or are just some of your favorites hmm, well i mean probably the most influential work on the civilians is the joint stock theater company that was active in London in the 70s and the 80s. And I, I studied with Les Waters, who was a member of that company. And, and from that, I learned 
I learned a lot about the sort of research-based theater making and a kind of uh, different versions of like a, a collective theater making process. And, and and anyhow, what I what I understood of that company very much fed into the my ideas for the for the civilians. And you know, and I'd say as far as like what what I really enjoy as an audience member is fairly is i'd say fairly different from the work of the civilians strangely enough like i i'm much more likely to to go see the new worcester group show than i am to you know check out something that might be more mainstream and i, I and for whatever reason like the older the older i get the the more i find that like you know unless it's unless it's really really good just that the the like the straightforward naturalistic play it, it just it just it doesn't interest me the way that it used to i guess i should just say that that's a fabulous fabulous list there i'm curious to know what is your favorite part about working in the theater it's always been like the rehearsal process for me like the especially like the middle of the process where everyone has has you know waded into whatever the project is at least like up to their up to their knees and you know it starts to you know the show really starts to reveal what it what it is uh and and i guess because i I approach rehearsal and, and directing as at least try to like very much as an act of discovery is sort of this idea of like they're like we started something, this group of people with these these words or this idea, these, these texts somehow already exist as a play and and we are we are the explorers trying to find the edges of it. And yeah, I mean I would say like it's hard, but I, I do um, I do tend to work really well in previews. Like once a show is in front of an audience, then I actually, you know, understand seventy percent more of it than I, than I did before. And and I not so much with this one, but with other with other shows that I've that I've written, we've we've done some pretty major changes in a you know in a relatively short preview window. So it's crazy, but I, I enjoy it. That's a wonderful answer, though. We have now arrived at my favorite question to ask guests, and that is, what is your favorite theater memory? I mean, I think the the one that is probably the most in, indelibly printed in my mind was seeing a, a Robert Lepage show in London back when I was an undergrad. It was, uh, yeah, relatively early, I think, in, in Lepage's company and their in their career, maybe like the third show that they had that they had done. And it was called Tectonic something. I don't remember the rest of it. <laughs> it might have just been Tectonic Plates, but it seems like it would have been more than that. And yeah, it was at the National Theatre in London and I, you know, it was all these different kinds of texts that had been sort of woven together into this 
show that was in like multiple times and multiple dimensions and multiple stories that crisscrossed and interacted with each other. And yeah, I think before seeing something like that, I had no idea that you could do that in, on a stage. So it opened up, I think, a lot of permission. Permission to just, yeah, I guess ultimately just like permission to to pursue whatever is interesting, however that might crop, crop up, whether it seems to make sense in the play or not. If it's if it's uh, interesting and alive somehow, then then it will probably probably works in there somehow, somehow, some way, you know. I love that memory. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing it. Sure. Are there any upcoming projects or productions that you or your company have that we might be able to plug for you? I mean, I'd say the big one is 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 this show. It's running until the 19th. It's it's really our big production of the year. So it's the one where we're, you know, shaking the trees and trying to get as many people to come as possible. And then in the spring, we're doing like a lot of development of new work and work in progress showings. And at the end of the year, we have our we have an, a writing group that's part of the company for a year. And then they, they do a, a, we do a little festival in June of all of their plays. So the yeah, production time is really now. And then the rest of the year is, is kind of going into the, into the rehearsal process. Fantastic. Well, my final question is, if our listeners would like more information about artificial flavors or about you, perhaps they'd like to reach out to you, how can they do so? Well, so there's tickets and all that are, are on the 59east59.org website. There's, I think, a bit more information about the show on the Civilians website, which if you had just Googled the Civilians, were the first thing that, that pops up. And... And I think there's a contact button there. There's definitely one. I have my own website that's just stevecosson.com. And I have, you know, various plays that I've written and links to where they're, where they can be bought, links to the cast albums, the the various musicals that we've, that we've done. And yeah. And then there's a, I think, oh, a little contact button. And if you fill it in, I, I get an email. Wonderful. Well, Steve, thank you so, so much for taking the time sure. to speak with me today about your incredible show. Cannot recommend it enough. It was an amazing experience and I just appreciate oh. gaining more insight about it and about you. So thank you so much for your time today. Sure. Thanks so much for having me. Really, really had a good time. Thank you. My guest today has been the playwright and director, Steve Cosson, who's part of the Civilian's presentation of Artificial Flavors. It's playing now through November 19th at 59E59 Theaters, and you can get your tickets and more information by visiting 59E59.org. We also have some other contact information for Steve and the civilians, which we'll be posting on our social media posts, as well as on our episode description. But whether you're in the New York area or not, get here now. Get your tickets to see this incredible show. You will not regret it. It's Artificial Flavors playing now through November 19th. So until next time, I'm Andrew Cortez reminding you to turn off your cell phones, unwrap your candies, 
and keep talking about the theater. In a stage whisper. Thank you. If you like what you hear, please leave a five-star review, like, and subscribe. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at Stage Whisper Pod. And feel free to reach out to us with your comments and personal stories at stagewhisperpod at gmail.com. And be sure to check out our brand new website for all things Stage Whisper and theater. You'll be able to find merchandise, tours, tickets, and more. Simply visit stagewhisperpod.com. Our theme song is Maniac by Jazzar. Other music on this episode provided by Jazzar and Billy Murray. You can also become a patron of our show by logging on to patreon.com slash stagewhisperpod. There you will find all the information about our backstage pass as well as our tip jar. Thank you so much for your generosity. We could not do this show without you.